It's Tom Albright with Aviation with an Aviation special, taking a look at the SCN Hall of Fame for 2020. And with me today uh, is an old, well, not old friend. We're not old. Uh, a, a longtime friend, Joey D'Angelo from DNA. Welcome, sir. Hey, it's good to see you, Tim. Great to be here. Good to see you. Congratulations on making it into the SCN Hall of Fame. So uh, for this year, uh, and you and I get to get to join it together. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a it's a tremendous honor. Um, the uh, the group that's going into the uh, whole Hall of Fame is uh, is just an amazing group of people. And um, you know, the, we've all been chatting. The thing that I keep saying is, you know, it's an amazing group of people. But the AV industry as a whole is an amazing group of people, and we are all just very lucky to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So let, let kind of walk through. We we mentioned the fact that you're the you're, you're the owner of Joey uh, Joseph D'Angelo uh, and Associates, commonly called DNA. Um, let's walk through though a couple of of your kind of your trek to get here. Right, you didn't start out um, owning your own company, owning your own firm. Uh, you've gone through a number of different places and and your experiences and and some of the the jobs that you've been a part of have have been uh, quite remarkable. Uh, where did you start out? Like, how did you get into the industry? Um, you know, it, it's a it's a great story. It's almost a a, a fairy tale uh, because it's just it's the luckiest of luck. But um, I grew up in Bakersfield, California, and um, I, I I I got an old Jeep when I was a teenager, and um, you take the top off and you can't hear the radio. So I. Uh, Saved up my. I worked in this warehouse, driving forklifts and pallet jacks and dealing with damaged pallets as they came through this distribution center. And uh, in the 110 degree heat, it was no fun. And um, I saved up a bunch of money and I went to Circuit City and I I I, I built a subwoofer enclosure and I bought an amp for the subwoofer and I watched the cardio installer in the bay there on the back of the Circuit City install it. And um, then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks went by and I was like, I think I want to move the amp over here. You know, I, and I rewired it. And, you know, the next thing I knew, I was doing a stereo for my friend, you know, in my parents' garage and then his friend's friend. And before, I, before we knew it, I had a waiting list of like three months for, you know, car stereo work in Joey's garage. And um, then I graduated high school and uh, I... Uh, started uh, at the school of Cal State Bakersfield and um, a, a guy in Bakersfield opened a stereo shop called Mobile Audio Concepts and he called me up and said, you know, I want you to be one of my installers. I'm like, this is great. I can make money for school and like work. And, and I just kept going at that hobby. Just, it was a hobby. I loved it. It was just all I wanted to do was build speaker boxes and wire stereos and all that. And um, I started building some show cars. I built a car that was in the Tokyo Auto Show. I oh, built wow. cars for MTX. That's how I got to know John Ivey and Lloyd Ivey and those guys. Um, uh, for the Consumer Electronics Show, I built a demo vehicle for Skosh and LA Sound for another Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, and then I got accepted to Cal Poly. And um, I went up to, uh, we, we were doing a car show in Tascadero. And, uh, the owner of a stereo shop in San Luis Obispo got to talk to me. I was like, well, I got accepted to Cal Poly. He's like, do you want a job? You know, because we left with three first place in the best of show that day. And uh, so I had a job in San Luis Obispo. 
and I was working on an industrial technology degree from Cal Poly. And um, one day at the stereo shop in San Luis Obispo, I put a stereo in the car of one other than Ethan Salter, Charles Salter's son. And Ethan went home and he came back from, from some holiday and he was like, my dad wanted to know who did this and when you graduate. And um, right about then I was an IASCO world champion in the 1996 world champion. And I, I took like 15th out of 30 but I was like 22, had no money. It was all sponsored, MTX sponsored me. And um, when I got that, I said, okay, hobby complete, finishing degree. Um, and uh, I was gonna interview with Salter on spring break that year, and hope, hopefully graduate. And I kid you not, I was walking out the door to go follow Ethan up to Lafayette and East Bay to go interview with Salter in San Francisco. And my phone rang. Um, I had applied at Monster Cable. And the, the gentleman on the phone was like, you know, we want a college degree individual with an engineering background and pro audio background to manage the owner of the company's fleet of exotic vehicles. You'll get to drive them all over, keep them up to date with all the latest, greatest stuff, and blah, blah, blah. And I, I said, okay, I'll be in touch. And then I went up and interviewed with Salter and I found out about AV consulting. And uh, I was like, this is me. And I'd never been to a big city like that before. So I was just, they were like, this will be your office. I was like, I'm going to get an office. Like it was just the, the okay, most. Pause, hang on. So pause for a second here. Now, now you're what? 22, 23 years old. Yeah. Uh, I understand. Joey's roughly the same age I am. Right. So this is, this is nineties ish. Right. Yeah. And you're in the middle of, so that you're going to be able to drive around the, the head of monster, Mr. Lee's, yeah cars in your 20 something and, and monster cable at that time this is before beats this is before anything else like that but they were still pretty a pretty heavy hitter especially in the world of, of consumer electronics you took an office job over that understand yeah. what you're saying what you're saying here you took an office job over that what was what was that what was that decision like it was hobby complete you know i was like okay if i had to like Installing Carsteros in Bakersfield, 110 degree heat. We had an amazing shop and everything, but it swamp coolers. And it was just, it's hard work, man. My back is messed up to this day. And, um, you know, I just, it was like, you know, you, you do something until you feel like, you know, you've satisfied that, that urge. And, um, and when I met Charlie um, and I saw their offices and the projects they worked on, I mean, like I walk into the lobby of Salter and there's a picture of Lucasfilm's technical building right there. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the next level. This is where I need to go to continue challenging myself. And uh, San Francisco is amazing, you know, um, for a 22, 23 year old kid to just be able to move up there. And I mean, I've never been in a big city like that before. I mean, it, San Francisco is not, a big city, but it's got that big city vibe to it, and uh, which is tremendously exciting. Um, so, yeah, I loved it, and um, I graduated in June of '98, and started working there like 13 days later. They were really busy and needed help, and I had taken CAD classes in high school. I took all four years in high school. I took drafting, um, and then the last year we got a 
I think Exxon, Bakersfield is a big oil company in Kent Town. They donated a CAD workstation to our drafting class. And, you know, I got to learn CAD in high school. And then at my major at Cal Poly, they made us take a CAD class. And, um, you know, I started at Salter and, you know, consulting in the late 90s, when we still used blueprints and vellum and, you know, bike messengers to deliver all of our sets and the fax machine to deliver all of our memos and before email. And um, it was it was cool because I I was like, okay, we got to do these drawings, you know, like this. We got to make them better. We got to do this. And, um, I just it it, it was uh, just really fun. And I didn't you know I didn't know the bike messengers, <laughs> but um, and it was it was a lot of fun and. Um, Everybody that worked there was just was just amazing people. It, you, you felt like you were working. Everybody who worked there had been there for 10, 15, 20 years. Nobody left. Everybody was happy. Um, so it, you just felt like you were home when you went yeah. to the office. And, well, let's, um, I, al I always felt that way. Let, let's kind of talk about some of those jobs because you were there for a long time. I mean, you, you, you quite frankly, you, you've had, you know, um, fewer jobs than, than the average Gen Xer. Let's just put it that way. Um, you, you mentioned the fact that the picture of, of Lucas films there in the, in the lobby, you had a hand in a number of jobs, um, that are, you know, remarkable and still people point to, to this day, talk about the ones that you can, obviously sometimes in, in our industry, we have to sign NDAs and, and not, uh, not, not disclose some things that we've worked on. But what's one of the ones, one or two that you, that you ha can talk about that, that are still, you know, still feathers in your cap. Um, you know, everybody always talks about the Juniper Networks projects and how we used SVSI and did that whole network AV thing. One of the first, we had one of the first, the biggest uh, SVSI deployments at the yeah, time, yeah. 2011, you know, that, that was a career wager right there. It either was going to work or it was going to fail miserably times 350, but then. Uh, that to me doesn't really stick out as the most challenging thing. Um, I did a I did a project for Sandia National Laboratories, and it was a visualization design center, and it was this super high resolution rear projected curved video wall, and um, the opportunity came to me. Um, I can't remember how I got the project, but it was someone recommended me for it. And they said, you know, hey, have you ever done anything like this? And um, I, I hadn't, but I knew I could because I, I craved the challenge. I said, you know, so I, I, I said, you know, I've got a lot of experience with real projection and whatnot, but my approach is different. I'm very hands-on and, you know, drawings are, and it just turned out great. It was the most amazing project. And um, we had like shootouts for projectors and for projection screen framing systems. And you know, some back in the heyday of rear projection, everybody had you know their little special sauce that pins, Fresnel and lenticular coatings, and you know all this stuff. And we had this shootout at the Salter offices with like ten different companies and ten different projectors. And everybody at the office was like, "What's going on here?" And, um, so that turned out really good. And it made the cover of uh, SCN years ago. Um, and uh, so that was really fun. But I, I learned that, you know, with the help that's available and the people that work with you and together with you, 
at the manufacturers and the integrators. AVI SPL built that one. They were just SPL back then. But wow. um, we were tremendously successful. And you can, as long as you're not afraid to pick up the phone, engage with people, ask for help, and do hard work, you can get through these things. Um, I And one of the challenges of that one was that they have classified, non-classified, you know, video that could be used. And a lot of times they'll just build a classified room and it's all the videos is classified. But sometimes they build either or rooms. And if you have unclassified video cables, they had to be six inches away or I can't remember what. Yeah, six inches away from, you know, non-classified video. And they had to be separated. So we had this raised access floor and we had to design a tray system to keep all the classified and unclassified. And we're about three quarters of the way done with that. And I figured out, wait a minute, these inputs at the table could be either or because they would connect either a classified laptop or an unclassified laptop. So then we had to have individual runs that were six inches away from every other run. And we were able to design all that in 3D under the raised access floor and bring it back to the rack rooms. But then we had to bring those cables up into the rack and connect to the matrix switcher, which was cleared for passing classified, unclassified, or either or. So we modeled the cables coming up out of the floor into the rack. And um, I mean, I have pictures and I still have the 3D drawing. ABI SPL built that rack exactly the way we modeled that rack. And you know, fast forward to today, um, we have Revit families for cables and um, we're doing drawings where we're modeling all the cabling. And we're, you know, I just did a big video wall and there was 2,748 feet of Cat 6 that weighed a total of, you know, 732 pounds or something like that. And it's right on our drawings and the structural engineer was like, are you kidding me? And I mean, it, so we're, we're, for me, it's always been about the drawings and that's been the challenge in the consulting world. You can do really good drawings and spend a lot of time doing drawings and marking up drawings. Uh, or you can spend a lot of time going to meetings and doing this. And so striking a balance and using modern technology to provide better documentation is, is my thing. And, you know, we'll, we could dedicate a whole show to that. But Absolutely. We and, and I, I want to kind of get into it. Because, well, no, <laughs> and, and you, you, you made the, the transition from Salter. You, you, you had a, a stint at, at QSC and then you started DNA, right? And I'm not, I don't want to gloss over that, that transition, but one of the things that in, in, in knowing you and, and watching your work, you and I chatted, oh, good Lord, right as, as the lockdowns happened, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think it was, it was right in, around March. March or April. You were already doing remote kind of uh, punch lists through with robots and, 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 and or a, a, a one single um, you know, a technician on site. But you were able to look at your drawings and compare what you were seeing in in the real world th remotely through through zoom and through some other video conferencing talk about the, the the that necessity and how your drawings and how you you're able to to create the documentation that allows that ha to happen because without that you'd be flipping through and, and looking at you know four or five different uh re you know revisions of, of something with hand, you know, hand handwritten notes while somebody's you know remotely walking you through a job site yeah well we um Okay, so we have um, a software pro platform that we developed in-house that's based on Unity. 
and I don't know if you've heard of Unity for Construction or, or mm -hmm. whatnot, but Unity is where we're going after Revit. It, Revit is very expensive, very hard to use, very hard to learn, and it's not getting any easier. And um, there's a, a growing movement in the AEC community, uh, the architectural engineering construction community, to get away from that. And Unity is the platform uh, that I understand is what they make video game worlds out of. Uh, so okay. think about it. It's graphics, it's high res, yeah. really fast. I mean, it takes me 15, 25 seconds to open up a drawing in Revit. If I'm working on a 997 room project, which we are right now, just opening 997 sheets because we do a sheet for every room is insane. So we, we've, we've drank that Kool-Aid. And as a first step, we still have to work in Revit because all of our clients work in Revit. Yeah. Uh, we built this program and um, you create projects you create rooms in the projects and you add devices to the project. And um, our Revit drafters, which are, they're all based uh, offshore in Cairo. And we incidentally pay them the same as our Revit drafters here in the States. They love it. And they're the I'm best. Sure. They're the best. It's incredible. But that platform tells them, hey, you need to make a Revit family for this. Uh, but when you add a device to a system that uh, doesn't exist in our inventory, you have to add in all the data for it. Heat load, weight, dealer price, street price, MSRP. Oh, wow. To the cut sheet, blah, blah, blah. So they have all the information to make the rep families. And then they have a list of everything that goes in each room, and that's what it goes on each sheet. And then the, the program does a bunch of stuff, and I don't want to divulge secrets, but it automates about 90% of the work that a consultant has to do. And um, it creates the drawing sheets for our Revit drafters. It places all the families into the sheets. They need to place the families where they belong in the room. Then we have a markup tool and uh, it's, it's really great. But um, we have all the data for everything. And uh, it also creates a scripted punch list for us automatically. And um, there is no hiding from installation errors because the, the data is producing a scripted punch list uh, and it all gets tested. So we can, you know, if the room is, is ready to be commissioned, then presumably you could zoom into a room or dial into a room, whatever software product of the month you're using. Yeah. Um, you can uh, ping things and you can work your way through a punch list remotely or you can have it demonstrated to you. Um, so that's something we've been doing, um, but we're part of the construction industry. So we're an essential group of workers. So we can still go on site and all the construction sites and that in the construction industry as a whole has been very diligent about COVID procedures and testing and all that. So we still get out on job sites a lot, but the, the, the meat and potatoes of commissioning remotely uh, is there for us. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on in our company. <laughs> and, and you've, you've used, you know, kind of, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that, that your, your kind of your leading edge on stuff is, is the documentation has been your entire career. You've used that and, and kind of put that into, you know, the, 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 the foundation of DNA and that's proving, you know, some, some pretty significant fruits because you guys, you guys are able to do and develop your own, you know, your own processes and your own software that helps you do your job, but in the end, the end of the day, also helps serve your client a little bit, you know, we, we hopefully have better than, you know. Yeah, 
we have to do the software thing because if we don't, we'll go broke. <laughs> I mean, um, if you saw our drawings, everything was dimensioned, everything was key noted, there's cut sheets to everything. The schematic, the functional diagrams are as close to an as built level of documentation as we can get them. Um, it's, it's over the top, that's our thing. And if we wanna make a profit, we have to automate as much as we can. And we're blessed to have some really smart people, uh, one of which could get into the Hall of Fame next year. Uh, and he's in my Hall of Fame, that's for sure. But, um, there we go. You know, right, so, yeah. so as we kind of wrap this up, and, and I mentioned the fact that, that you and I are, are roughly the same age, there, there is a gentleman who is, who is younger than us getting in this year. Um, uh, Jeremy Caldera, and we'll talk to him at another late, later date. Uh, he'll get his own show, so I don't want to spend too much time on this. But, but we look, you look at it kind of, you know, where folks like you and I sit, and, and we're kind of in the middle of our careers, right? I mean, we, we've, I'm not saying that we have as much time behind us as in front of us, but there's a good, there, there's, a, it, there, yeah. there's some, there, there's some truth to that, right? Um, so, so let sit back for a second, right? Sit back and, and enjoy, you know, not just this, but enjoy kind of where you're at. But look back at the, at, you know, roughly the 20 some odd years, but, you know, look ahead. And I'm not going to ask you to look ahead 20 years because that's just silly. Uh, but look ahead a year, look ahead a year and a half, two years, because as we're recording this, we're still in the middle of, of COVID. Um, Joey's in California. I'm in, in Southwest Illinois, just outside of St. Louis. We're getting ready to go on lockdown again for probably four to five weeks. Oregon's going on lockdown. This com uh, state's going on lockdown. California's got its own issues. So I, I think that looking ahead farther than maybe a year and a half is a little foolish, but look ahead a year right? Where, where does the industry, how does the industry get through this current, you know, challenge is what it is. Um, and then what do we look like on the other side of it? Um, you know, I, I not for one second felt like we wouldn't get through this at all. We've gotten busier because of it. We're blessed. Um, but for me, when I look ahead, Tim, all I can think about especially nowadays, is how do I be a better leader for the people that have chosen to come and join the DNA team? How do I make them happier? How do I do better for my clients? And how do I do better for the other consultants in our industry? I really am passionate about um, restoring the value proposition of the consulting industry in general. Um, I, when I was not in the consulting industry for a stint there, I got to see a lot of other uh, consulting companies, drawings, and, uh, and I've worked with a lot of end users. And um, I really want to, I want to lead, but I want to help. And um, I, I can look back in my first 20 years and I think I was not as good of a leader as I could have been. And um, for me, when you say the future, that's all I can think of. Leadership, be cool, help others, it, clients, competitors. I'm, I'm, I'm just here to work hard and keep doing this for as long as I can. And uh, I really wanna help. That's, that's, that's been my goal. Um, I want to push the bar. I want to elevate our industry. 
um, you know, I want to teach others how to do what we're doing. And I, I, I've literally told, I've been on projects with where there's multiple uh, integrators or multiple consultants on it. And I've said, you know, you know, don't worry, let me, let me help you with that. Or, you know, Hey, if you want, you know, you can borrow this, or I just want to, I want to see everybody be successful. And you try to please too many people, you end up pleasing nobody. I know that, but um, it's just. Something. But there's a difference between pleasing everyone and helping, right? There, there, that, there, there is a distinction there, right? You're not yeah. saying you're trying Wrong to be everybody's cliche. friend. Right. Wrong cliche. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the, the future. I know we're going to get through the COVID thing. The, the industry might shake a little bit. Some names might come and go, but everybody will still be in the industry. And every integrator I know that's working on projects that we're working on, they're all trying to hire people right now. So, you know. That'll be that. I like that. I like that as an ending. Thank you so much. Joey D'Angelo, newest member of the SCN Hall of Fame for 2020. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, and again, congratulations. How do people get a hold of you or DNA if they are so inclined? Um, it's the 2021 Hall of Fame. Is it 2021? It was a 2021. Sorry, yes. That's what I've, I've been saying this 2021. Uh, you can uh, Google or go to D'AngeloConsultants.com. And there you have it. There you have it. Joey D'Angelo from DNA, uh, Joey D'Angelo and Associates. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go by our website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Find programs like this and a host of others, including our two weeklies, uh, AV Week that looks at the commercial side and Resi Week that looks at the residential side. So all that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. 